remember our four-part preaching series every Sunday until Christmas. So this week, next week, week after, and then Christmas Sunday, Christmas Sunday, which is at 11 a.m., we're going to have that four-part preaching series. We're going to start with that. We're starting that characters of Christmas, the various people that were around when Christ was born and see how their lives and what happened in their lives, how we can apply it to our own. And so as we tell more people, more people are getting excited. So we want to tell people about Christmas Eve that night, 730, and then with the candlelight service, and then Christmas Day, 11 a.m., Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year. Amen. First Peter chapter 2. Wherefore, it's the verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desired and sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Verse 1 will be my key verse. We'll read it one more time. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, we'll just go back to those first three words. Wherefore, laying aside. And I want to preach on the title of a message, Stripped, Stripped. Reverend Tuick, would you please pray, sir? Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. The original Greek term for laying aside is a very vivid word. It comes from the word that means to strip off, as one would strip off soiled garments. To strip off soiled garments. I want to make it even more vivid for you. I have a friend from uh, a place that we were in the ministry, if I say too much, he's watching now, he'll know. <laughs> I've been looking at his Facebook page. <laughs> hey, if you leave it open, every, anyone can look at it, right? But I was, I was just uh, perusing through Facebook, just looking around. I normally don't get on there very much, but I was looking around on Facebook, and then I saw that it looked like that my friend got married. I said, hey, praise God, good for him. I know he, that he was pursuing a, a, a lady who was from the Philippines. And so one of the posts, it said that waiting on the marriage license in the Philippines. And I thought, oh, wow, he, I guess he did get married. So, hey, good for him. And so as I began to look down a little bit more through his Facebook page, I saw a video that he posted. Now, it was just a little spoof video, nothing, nothing real so I'm going to make it, try to make this word stripped as, visit, as vivid as possible as I can so we can carry this on through the message here. And so there's a, there's a, a, a video, and it shows a, a bride and a groom that they're closing a door, and it looks like it's their wedding day. They're closing the door to the people that are standing outside. And so it's that, that time for them to make the marriage official. But what happens is there's the bride. The groom is there, and he is awaiting. He's sitting there on the bed, and the bride, she stands in front of the mirror. She begins to take off her hair. <laughs> she begins to take off her eyelashes. 
she takes off her lips, she takes off her nails, and the groom doesn't want to see anymore. He faints on the bed. <laughs> Hence the term stripped. She started taking off things that weren't real, that weren't hers, that didn't belong to her. And the same thing with Christianity. We have to take off the things that we should not have, the things that don't belong to us, the things that God does not want us to have in our lives. But not only do we have to strip the very things that are not supposed to be there, there are some things that we need to put on. There are some things that God wants us to do. Not enough just to get rid of the bad things, but God wants us to add good things to our lives. So as you go through the process of stripping off the things that don't belong, put on the righteous garments that God wants you to have. Hence, the title of the message is Stripped, Stripped. Today, I had to get some shots. I went to the VA hospital and I had to get some, some, uh, some shots over there. So as I'm sitting there, and sitting there at the desk, and I have to fill out the paperwork. I began to sit there at the desk, and I'm used to blood draw. Blood, blood draw, when I normally get the blood draw, I watch, okay? I don't just let them, let them poke me without me paying attention to what they're doing. I've been poked in the thumb before. That's painful, okay? That hurts a lot. So I try to make sure at least they look like they know what they're doing. Because if not, I'm, hey, I need another nurse. Get somebody else in here. I've been poked three or four times by one person. They finally went to go get someone else after I was in so much pain. So I watched now. I'm used to that, taking out, rolling up my sleeve, and then to watch them to put the, I think it's called the, the butterfly needle, that they put that in there, and then they take the blood, and I sit there and I watch them. But I was getting a shot this time, so I was receiving something. They weren't taking anything away. And so as I sat there and I asked the, I asked the nurse, I said, well, well, how do you want to do this? And she said, I need your shoulder." I had on a, a jacket, a sweater, a shirt, and a t-shirt. I thought, how's she going to get through all that? She said, you need to take all that off. Okay. <laughs> so I began to strip. I began to take it off, okay? I had to take off the jacket. I had to take off the sweater. I had, all, I had on a vest on, too. Is this cold outside? So I had all these things on. And then I'm, I'm sitting there, and I got down to my white shirt, and I thought, I mean, is she going to turn her head, or what am I going to do here? So I had to unbutton my shirt, and then I, I, I'm trying, and she's still, still standing there waiting on me, so I'm trying to pull my arm off without standing up and taking the whole thing off, and then I finally figured it out, and then I rolled up my sleeve, and she gave, gave me the shot, and it was over. And then I had to put it all back on. I had to put my arm back in, and I had to button up my shirt, and I, you know, put on the vest and everything else. She said, do you need some help? I got it. <laughs> I got it. Okay. And so it's the very same thing. There are negatives and there are positives. There are things that God wants us to get rid of out of our lives. We have to take things off. Some of us have built up these things in our lives and these walls in our lives, these very things in our lives that have stopped us from getting to God or allowing other people into our lives. There are things that we have to remove those things so that we can fully have what we need from God. If I didn't take off that, now I'll get off all 
those things and get those things away, I wouldn't have got the shot that I needed that the doctor said that I had to have. The very things that are in the way of what God is trying to do. God is trying to save you. God is trying to help you. He's trying to give you a better life than the life that you have right now. But sometimes there are things that are in the way that need to be removed. So it's time to get those things out of the way. So Peter talked about this. Peter, who was the very man, we, we know who Peter is. If you, if you ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you know who Peter is. Peter is that fisherman who was, before he was a cursor, and he was very rough and, and all these things, but God saved him. And so if anybody knew how to strip things out of their lives and how Jesus could strip something out of their life, Peter knew how to tell us how to do it. So Peter, he begins to tell us there are two things that we need to do, negative action and positive action, what to avoid and what to do. The negatives are important because they help us to get to the positive faster. So there are negative things that we have to do. There are things we have to remove. Paul said, that, or Peter said, we have to strip Strip off. We see this word again here, this Greek word here. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let's throw those things away, casting those things off. If there's things, there's sins in your life, you need to get rid of them. Get rid of them now. Don't hold on to those things any longer. Casting means a violent action. That you know that you have something in your life is not right. Get rid of it. In Ephesians, it says that you put off the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And so we are called to strip those things off, to take those things out of our lives. What did Peter say? The first thing we have to strip off is malice. Malice. That's a different way from the way I used to live. Used to live in hatred of other people. So he said, get rid of malice. He said, not just malice, all malice. Get rid of all of it. I don't like this person because of the color of their skin. You need to get saved. God loves everybody. Amen. And so you need for God to do something in your life and in your soul. He said, get rid of all malice. The next thing that we need to strip off is all guile. Guile is deceit, deceitfulness. It means, and when the Greek, it means being two-faced. It means being one way around one person and, and another way around a different person. He said, don't do that. Get rid of that. Now, Bible's written to Christians. He's not talking to some, some sinners that are down there drinking at the bar. No, at the tavern, he's talking to Christians. Get rid of those things in your life because those things will keep us from a life of holiness. The next thing he said to strip off is hypocrisy, hypocrisy. You may have heard it before that the Greek word for hypocrite was an actor, an actor, someone who put on a show. They go on the stage and they're, and they're this way, maybe they're a person that's this way, Monday through Saturday, and then Sunday they come in and praise the Lord. 
Pastor Deborah started talking about that. You got to wipe off that, that club stamp before you come into the house of God. We can't do it that way. He said, put off all hypocrisy. All of that has to go. Hypocrisy has been one of the crimes of the church. That people that say that they're Christians in it, among the world, among the other world, the people of the world, the people of the world know what it is we're supposed to do, don't they? Don't they? How many times you've been around somebody that's not saved? They don't go to church or whatever, but they know how you're supposed to act. Did you just curse? They got that ear there. They're waiting to see. Did you just curse? Why? Because you know it's wrong? <laughs> that's what you should say to them. Because you know it's not right? No, I didn't curse. I'm a Christian. Get rid of all hypocrisy. That's the way that we can win more people to God is by getting rid of hypocrisy. If they really saw the love of God through Christ Jesus from your life, if we went by, just imagine if everybody that was Christian went from door to door, from house to house, trying to reach out to people. If we went by knocking on doors and we went out to the malls and we went out to the stores and the parking lots, if we all had a heart for God to get on the phone and, or to get, a, get to somebody that has not been to church in a while to go by their place and knock on their door and to let them know Jesus loves you. We still got a spot in the church for you that no matter what's going on in your life, you can't come back. If we all had a heart like that, how many more people will we get to win for God? And then he said, all evil speaking, all evil speaking, no more slander slandering people, talking bad about people. There's enough of that that goes on on Facebook, on the Internet. Read about some of the things that are on there. It's like, hey, I don't know. Charity is three years old. I have a daughter. Her name is Charity. She's three. I don't know what Facebook is going to be looking like 10 years from now. If there is such a thing, there's probably going to be something worse than that. I don't want her anywhere near that garbage. You go on there. And all, if all of my self-esteem is built on how many likes or thumbs up that I get from posting something, that is not life at all. But some people live off of that. As soon as I post something, I want to see likes on there. And may even both post something that's not true just to get some likes. We have to move on from things like that. Some people... Some, some teens are committing suicide over something like that. Looking at other people's lives and Instagram and the way that things are happening in other people's lives, that is so fake. And people are posting things on there that are so phony. I think Pastor Deborah Sire said one time, they, they stand in the, in the nice corner of the house and, and they smile there and the rest of the house is dirty. <laughs> it's all messed up. We all got a lot of things that we got to strip out of our lives. A lot of things that need to go. So what does he want us to do? As I said, you don't see me walking around now as if I got the shot and my, my arm is hanging out of my shirt. <laughs> I had to put the things back on. Amen. 
So I had to put the things back together. When you get done getting rid of those things, when you get done praying and coming to God and asking God to do something in your life, there's things that you have to add to your life. God wants us to add virtue. He wants us to add prayer. He wants us to add his word to our lives. So there's another step. Yes. It's not enough just to pray. But God wants you to do more with your life. There's so much more that God wants for your life than just for you to come up here and pray at the altar call. And you walk away and say, boy, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. God wants you to go forth and he wants you to grow. Everything that's desirable and upbuilding, Paul wants you to put, or Peter, I'm sorry, Peter wants you to put it on. I was studying stuff about Paul too, sorry about that. But Peter puts it all together. What did he say? He said, desire the sincere milk of the word of God. As newborn babes, desire the word of God. You know that, that word desire, that's a strong word desire the sincere milk of the word so you can grow. You've got to want it as if you were a baby, and that is all that you can have. That's all that you can get to, all that you can eat. The only sustenance that you can get is going to come from, if you're a baby, it's going to come from milk. He said desire it as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word of God. When he said sincere, it meant that it was spiritual, that it was founded on the word. It comes from a word well, where we get the word. There's a word in there that's L-O-G-I-K-O-N. And if we're familiar with L-O-G in any sense of Greek, it's the same word that the word logos comes from. That means word. And Jesus Christ is, is referred to many times as the logos, the word of God. And so desire Jesus in your life. Desire the milk of the word. Desire to get into the word of God and know what it is that Jesus has done. Get your faith. Get everything that you need from the word of God. Because it all goes back pointing to Jesus. And so when it comes to your soul, you need the milk of the Word of God. We can't live on skim milk. Amen? We need vitamin D. <laughs> all the fat. I want it all. Amen? When I was growing up, my dad went on this health food kick. I said, oh, wow. So if dad goes on it, everybody goes on it. He was even looking for fat-free food for the cat. It was, he was getting so serious about it. So there, there used to be all that, you know, that, that, that red. I don't, I don't know how long this has been going on, but the red cap on the milk, that means it's vitamin D, 100%. And one day I came home, and it was, it was light blue, I think it was. I said, what is that? <laughs> you know, you pour it in the cereal. I said, this looks like water. <laughs> oh, this isn't the same. What happened? <laughs> oh, fat-free. I used to say fat-free, cholesterol-free, taste-free. <laughs> My brother and I, we'd be talking about that. And when dad was asleep, we'd be raiding the shelves. We'd be looking for something else. It's like, is there any bologna? I mean, is there something? 
<laughs> what else is there in here? <laughs> Dad come out, we act like nothing happened. Like, mm. I didn't touch anything. You touch anything? You see anything? Nope, I didn't see anything. Okay, all right. Hmm. He knew it was us. He never did anything. But too many Christians trying to live on skim milk, trying to go on life without reading the Word of God, just skimming through it, just looking through there, just reading a little bit of scriptures here and there. What's the verse of the day? No, we need more than the verse of the day. We need the chapter of the day. We need the book of the day. We need it all. We need all of the Word of God. Stop skimming it. We don't want We need to add it on. We need to put more of it on. A little bit is not enough. Even when you when you look in it, when you get uh, when you get certain uh, requirements for the children, there, and when you get uh, get over to the doctor's office, if you go to the doctor and the kids they they need their their first uh, their, their first appointments, and they tell them you got to give them the full blown one hundred percent milk. Don't give them any skim milk. Don't short them anything. They need it all. They need a certain amount per day because they need to grow. Christian, don't you want to grow? Don't you want more of God? Don't Don't you want to see more of God doing something in your life? I want my prayers to be answered. I want it when I pray for somebody that they get healed. I want it to be that when somebody, even if they're across the country, I want God to do something. I want God to bless their lives. I want when I go soul winning, I want it to matter in somebody's life. Sunday, I was back there trying to get ready for for the, uh, for the service, sat back there at the computer, and I was trying to set up some things. And there's a brother there. He's, I don't think he's here right now, but he, he comes to church on Sunday, and then he started coming on Tuesday, and he said that I invited him out to church. I don't even remember. We go out, and we do so many, so many invitations and hand out so many cards per week. He said, I'm so glad for that day that you were out there, and you invited me to church. God changed my life. I want it to matter when I go out there and invite somebody. I want for God to do something something in somebody's life, that when I pray for the people, I want them to come. I want them to receive something from God. I want for their lives to be different when they leave here. And so I can't go off of skim milk. Don't you hate it when you're hungry and you're walking around and you just can't stand it anymore? You say, hey, man, I'm hungry. We need more of the Word of God in our lives Put it to use today. And so the greatest example of someone that stripped it all. Now, there's some things, like we said, we've got to strip things out of our lives. The greatest example of a person who stripped it all is who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ stripped it all. Peter talked about it in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, that he talked about in this very verse. I've got to go to it here. Peter has said in 1, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's saying that, wherefore. Peter had talked about the sufferings of Christ just before that. He talked about what Christ had done and how Christ was stripped of everything. He said, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. This is another version of the word strip. What it means is that you take off your coat you roll, or you roll up your sleeves if you got to keep your coat on and you get to work. You get rid of those things that are going to slow you down 
You've got work to do. That's the very thing that Jesus Christ did when he came down here to earth. He removed that coat or he rolled up his sleeves and he got to work. What was he doing? His primary function was not feeding people, but it was the salvation of souls. It was that that he had to come and he had to die for the sins of mankind. Jesus Christ had one mission. I'm going to fight against sin. That was his mission. Well, what happened in the process? Matthew chapter 27, it said they crucified him. They parted his garments. What does that mean? They stripped him. They took his clothes away from him. They took it all. They took his dignity. They took his honor. They shamed him while he was up there on the cross. Jesus had absolutely nothing, and he let them do it. Imagine the Son of God. Well, if you, if you had all the power in the world, would you do that? I say, I would have called the angels on those guys. But Jesus didn't do that. He knew that he had work to do for us. They parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture they did cast lots. Wherefore, for all the things that Christ did, we got to roll up our sleeves. We got work to do. We've got work to do in this city. We've got work to do on our souls. We've got work to do in our families, in our households, on our jobs. We've got work to do. Gird up the loins of your mind. Get ready for the work that God has called for you to do. We've got things that we have to do. Get rid of those things that are hindering you. Lay aside all of those things. Get to work and start running for it. Jesus. Jesus was stripped of everything, the worship of the angels, the the glory of the throne of heaven. He came down here born as a baby, a human baby with God on the inside of him. And he walked around. He was born in a poor family. He had absolutely nothing, no home, no nothing. He had to depend on God for every single thing. And so Jesus was stripped of it all. But the Bible says in Philippians, he became poor so that we would become rich. In Corinthians, it talked about him, how he had lost everything so we could gain everything. Jesus laid it all aside so that we could gain everything. He lost his life so we could have eternal life. That is what is before you today. And when you strip off everything and you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have so much to gain by giving your heart to Jesus. I'm getting ready to close right here. Come back to the instruments. Whatever you decide to play, Reverend 2 is going to come and lead you in the altar call. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And we've been called to enforce the victory that Jesus won for us. And so Satan then was stripped. Satan was stripped of all of his power. He was stripped of everything that he could do to mankind. Yes, he continues to. But when a person becomes a Christian, when you become a Christian, When you give your life to Christ, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, when you say, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I strip myself of all of myself and everything that I am, all of my pride, everything that's within me, all my sin. God, I strip myself of that. I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I want you to put on the righteous garments of Christ and give me the Holy Spirit. When you do that, 
Satan can't even do anything to you that God won't allow. Satan has no power against the child of God. That when you go to God and say, hey, Satan's messing with me, say God has to tell him, get out of here. Because we got the power in the name of Jesus. And so we're going to get ready to pray. But my exhortation to you is put off the works of the flesh. Strip off those things that are in the way so that you can get what God has for you and then put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And you can come up here and pray. You can get to God in Jesus' name. Amen. Reverend Tua is going to come. Lead you in.